fortune and glory welcome everybody to a special non-spoiler review of indiana jones and the dial of destiny the film comes out one week from today and we are very excited to share our thoughts with you about the movie and again non-spoiler so you can watch this and feel comfortable heading into the movie next week whether you have your tickets for thursday friday saturday sunday or all four days i don't know how big of an indie fan you are but i am one and i'm john and with me as always is james bainey uh we had the opportunity to go to the world premiere of indiana jones and the dial of destiny in hollywood last week so james it's been a week uh we only saw the movie one time so it's you know trying to remember as much as we possibly can but before we do yeah. that we really should thank uh, the people at Lucasfilm for extending an invite to TRB. This was actually, we've been in this podcast for six years now, and this was the first time TRB has gotten an invite on its own to a premiere of this nature. So we want to thank the fine folks over there Absolutely. for allowing us to go check this movie out and everything that went on on that wonderful day there. But now let's talk about this movie, James. Um, I mean, I'll just start off uh, being, I would say, the bigger of the... Uh, two of us as far as indie fans go and say, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. And I remember as soon as I left feeling, you know, I wanted to get my reaction out there in terms of like my words, but I remember saying, I got to see it again because it's, you know, it's a long movie, not too, too long, but there's a lot, it moves a lot. And there's a lot of scenes and a lot to soak in a lot to remember. So I, 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 I got to see it again. So that, that mm -hmm. first off. And then second, I think this, you know, Mangle did a good job of capturing the look and feel of an indie movie. Uh, I feel like John Williams was good. I, I didn't hear anything too new that really stood out the way the old movies did, but it, he did a great job as always. And I thought Harrison Ford was great. But I think what puts this movie back up to the level of a good Indiana Jones movie, um, I, I'm putting it above Crystal Skull. Um, and I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. One being, I think the villain in this movie was more formidable. I think Mads Mikkelsen was a very, very strong villain and their approach to them. And, you know, you're probably thinking like, as you're watching the previews, why they're Nazis here in the 1960s, they get into that and they explain that and they do a good job of that. Um, but I have some issues with the movie, but mostly overall good. How, how do you feel now that it's been a week and it's sort of settled in with you a bit uh, about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Indy 5, the, the last hurrah for Harrison Ford. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I definitely did enjoy the movie. I liked it. Um, and I think that <clears throat> it definitely is one. It, it's an Indiana Jones movie. I think there's no denying it. There isn't really any point in the movie where I go like, this just doesn't feel right. Like, I think almost exclusively the entire movie is that feeling. Just here's another scene. Here's a, a another scene that provides that feeling um, that you might remember from say this movie, or this is another scene that was maybe kind of reminiscent of that movie. And that's mm -hmm. not to say that it's a, um, like a cash grab sort of fan service type thing. I think it definitely exists on its own. It is absolutely another indie adventure. Um, the, the thing that I will say about it though, that I think that puts it in that, where does it line up sort of category is that I think the mystical aspect of Indiana Jones, every movie has one, some type of 
you know, paranormal thing or whatever it is. This one is probably the most like in your face. Like this is not just like hinting at something mystical. There's something crazy that's going on. That's um, true. And so I think if if one of the things you liked about Indiana Jones was that they always sort of toyed that line between um like I've seen things I think he even says this in the movie like I've seen things that are debatable you know like the, things that make me wonder if there's something more out there I feel like it by the end of this movie you can't really wonder that there's not ridiculous crazy stuff I kind of felt that way also about C Crystal Skull though too mm -hmm. and my fear a little bit is that people thought maybe that went too far and I get, I'm looking at this movie and I'm going I think this one goes further I, <laughs> but yeah it isn't is it isn't as um controversial I don't think I think people who had issues with Crystal Skull will probably have issues with this movie I think also there are there is the element of the rose colored glasses of people who were five to 12 years old who watched the first three Indiana Jones movies and took them in from the eyes of a kid. And mm -hmm. even to this day, as a grown adult, when you rewatch those movies, that lens is still there, whether you realize it or not. So it's always going to be hard for people to make a new movie of something that's been around for 40 years and have it live up to what right. you saw when you were a kid. So people need to understand that. Some this may very in a lot of ways, you know, like this obviously it's a 2023 released movie. This movie has the best special effects of any Indiana Jones movie. And it should. Um but still people are going to, you know, have some issues with it. I think the can, one Can I jump in on that though? Cuz you're saying the people the people going to see this movie that are the fans mm -hmm. that are having a hard time, you know, w remembering what they remember. I think this is probably one of the more accessible one. Like this is a very accessible movie for new people, younger people who have never watched Indiana Jones. I think it's like, <clears throat> I never saw the old ones. And, and, you know, mom and dad are like, what? You never saw the old ones. We're going to go see this one, you know, and they sure. take them to go see this movie. I think the kids have a blast and they're like, that's what Indiana Jones is all about. I'm down. Like I think, yeah, they made smart choices. So you have, um, you know, supporting cast is important in an indie movie. And I already brought up Mads Mikkelsen's villain is formidable and scary. And it, he, I would stack that villain up. Um, I'm trying to like be careful about how I say this. But I would stack him up against Belloc and I would even put him up above Donovan because I think Donovan was just selfishly looking to be immortal in Last Crusade. And I think it's a better villain than Temple of Doom and a way better villain than Crystal Skull. So I think that we have a very strong villain here in Mads Mikkelsen, which Indy needs because you need a strong villain to have your hero succeed and do hero things. And on mm -hmm. top of that, though, which I think was a very smart move, by uh, Mangold and apparently Spielberg. Harrison Ford said Spielberg was very heavily involved as executive producer, as was George Lucas. They leaned on Indy's age in this movie. It wasn't an 80-year-old man jumping over a ravine and like flawlessly doing it. They made his age a part of the plot and a part of the story in a very smart way. And on top of the physicality of it, 
I liked the juxtaposition. If you go back and watch Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade, and he's teaching, and every student is hanging on every word he's saying, the girls are in love with him, all the students are flooding his office after to talk to him, and you flash forward to this movie, and his students don't really care about him. It's, it shows that everyone has their time, even Indiana Jones. But when you're past your prime, nobody cares about you. Things might not be going so great for your life and you still get pulled into one last adventure. It's interesting how that plays in this movie. And I think they did a really, really good job and a smart job of doing that instead of saying, it's just Indiana Jones doing Indiana Jones things. No, it's an older Indiana Jones and he has to do things, even though his body might be given up on him a bit. Mm -hmm. I know that my initial like uh, social media review was that the movie starts and ends in places I didn't expect. And that is very true, in my opinion. Like when we kick the movie off, it, 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 you think you have an idea of maybe where you're at, and it just kind of like, you know, kicks you off as like, okay, here, here's where, here's where the story has gone since the last time you saw Indiana Jones. And you're, I think you're sort of thrown immediately and going, okay, so how is this all going to come together in the end? And by the time you get to the end, I honestly, it's, it's not like it's a plot twist, but it's just, I didn't think that's where we were going to end up, mm. but it's not a bad thing. It's, and I think that honestly makes it a good thing because that means it's non-predictable, but it's not like stupid. Like yeah. it wasn't like he woke up and the whole thing was a dream and it's like, well, I couldn't have predicted that. Oh, that would have been terrible. That yeah. And that was dumb. Right it just ends in a spot that leaves you sort of kind of, I, I guess you could say guessing through the whole movie. And when you get there, I think you feel pretty good about the way that the movie ends. I do too. I think they mm -hmm. took a big swing in this movie in a good way. Um, they could have easily done a safe route and have Indy look for, you know, the tomb of Jesus Christ or another Christianity artifact artifact or something to, to familiarize fans with Raiders and Last Crusade. They didn't do that. Um, you know, uh, you know, you've seen the previews. They're looking for this thing called the Dial of Destiny. We're not sure what it is or what it does or what it powers it possesses, but it's an indie right. movie. There's fantasy involved here. And what I like about the movie is that it moves a lot like an Indiana Jones movie. There's a series of scenes and chases and action sequences where you're like, how's he going to get out of this one? And it feels very Indiana Jones. And that's why the movie cruises pretty well. And that's why I have to see it again, because so much is happening. But that supporting cast, you know, once again, on the good guy side, because um, in Indiana Jones, it's OK to just say good guys, bad guys, because that's the type of movie. It's pulpy, fun, action, adventure, right off into the sunset type of type of films. But the supporting cast, I thought Phoebe Waller-Bridge was very good. And I like that they didn't try to like do let's do another romantic lead for Indy. It's like, no, he's an old man now, you know, so they put a different angle in with a female supporting lead, which was smart. And then they also put like sort of like a, a new kid, whether you want to say like short round or mutt with that that kid that's with Phoebe Waller Bridge's character, Helena. Um, right. So I thought that was smart. And I thought even. Huh? It's reminiscent. But it, yeah. I don't feel like it's a it's a duplicate. I don't Not feel at like all. They're just he was good. Um, Saul is back, which we saw in the trailers, of course, and he was wonderful. John Reese Davis was wonderful, and people are going to really enjoy 
his last uh, moments in the movie. Um, and Antonio Banderas, he had a small bit, but he was really good and entertaining. Uh, so the, the cast was so strong. And I think that was something that might have been lacking in Crystal Skull for me. Um, so I, I think they, they did a lot of they made a lot of right choices for this movie. My only main gripe or issue and people are going like, to get mad at me about this is I don't think the de-aging is there yet. I, I Oh, no. Yeah, I agree. I, I, so I, it was good. And I remember seeing the trailer saying like, wow, that, that looks really good. But it was good seeing him not talking. Um, the eyes are still uncanny valley to me. And then as I'm sitting there watching, I'm like, well, clearly this is a stunt man doing a lot of this stuff because uh, it's a younger Indiana Jones and Harrison Ford's not going to be doing all of that. I'm sure he you know, did some because he had markers on his face in some production photos. But odd choices with the um, the voice. The voice of this younger Indy is an old Harrison Ford, old man Harrison Ford voice, you know, and and Harrison Ford's. Um, He's known, like, well, for most of his career, having a very clean tone, tenor sounding voice, a soothing sort of baritone tenor sounding voice. And it was like that gravelly old man Harrison Ford voice coming out of a young looking Indiana Jones. I, Interesting. I, think I didn't pick did up it, on that, but I believe you. I think they did as good of a job as they could have. And I still really, really enjoyed that opening, you know, sequence of that young Indiana Jones. But. I still think we have ways to go with de-aging characters. Um, I best- remember thinking at the at the parts where he was de-aged that I I had this feeling that this is this is not going to hold up. Years later, we're going to look back at this and we're going to be able to see right through it yeah. because even day one, based on this type of technology that we've been playing with for years, whether it's like, you know, um, the Irishman or, or Tron legacy or whatever, like whatever the movie is where they're like de-aging somebody we've been, we've been doing that for a little while now and we can sort of see what's going on there. It's rare that, that a technology comes along in a movie or something where we're like, you can't tell. Here's the thing you can tell in this movie. I think like in almost every scene, it's sometimes it looks good and you're like, wow, that looks like young Harrison Ford, but I can still tell yeah. that they're doing something. And, and I, I wish that they, uh, that I don't know, maybe, maybe not focus on him as much. Like there is a good, good section of the movie. I don't know, like in minutes, how long I want to say. Um, but you know, there, there's a, 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 a moment in the movie with this young Harrison Ford and, and it's just not it all there. Although I think they do their best to like put him in shadow and other things like that. Yeah. I, I, and, and I, it's, uh, you know, obviously known that, you know, we had melting wax faces in the early Indiana Jones movies and, you know, these pulpy type of movies and old school Western style action adventures aren't known for these great special effects, but we're talking about a Lucasfilm production here. And George Lucas was always trying to push the envelope for special effects. And, Again, I'm not saying they didn't do the best they could. They did. It wasn't like they were cutting corners. They did a great job for right now. I'm just saying, if you want to have me in that theater and seeing like a young Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones, and not be like, that's not him, that we have ways to go. That's all I'm saying. And the Uncanny mm-hmm. Valley is still there a bit. I think what they should have done is maybe kept him in dark lighting. There were some moments where there were bright lights shined right on him. And I'm like, that's when it looks the worst. But yeah. 
I still really enjoyed that scene. So there's nuance to this. I'm just saying we have ways to go with the de-aging. I think they could have done a better job right now with the voice. It just sounds like Harrison Ford did audio for it Mm -hmm. like right now and they didn't modulate him or anything or clean up his voice. And that's fine. Again, you know, it's just a nitpick. But overall, I thought the movie had a good balance of my two favorite Indiana Jones movies. I thought it had the sort of pulpy adventure of Raiders, but it also had the heart of Last Crusade. I and it, it's it asks the questions which are important because they have to build these movies in these like when they take place around the age of Harrison Ford. So now we're in the late 60s on the brink of the 70s with the moon landing is uh, being celebrated in the middle of the movie. And it's I like the settings and how things looked and everything like that. But there's there's something about this movie like it, the heart of it is, you know, what is what is your hero like when he's not your hero anymore sort of thing. And it, I don't want people to get worried like it's a Luke Skywalker sad on an island there to die. Uh, mm-hmm. He's still teaching and he he's retired. And there's definitely certain things that have happened in his life that we all go through. So we get to see our hero humanized in a way that we haven't seen it before, but they don't, he's still Indiana Jones and you're still, he's, he doesn't get one upped in this movie. Don't worry about any of that type of thing. He's still the one who is saving the day and doing Indiana Jones things. Uh, And there are a lot of scenes, especially in the, um, the third act of the movie, even though they take some wild, big swings to close it out, that feels right in the pocket with like vintage Indiana Jones, like, booby trap trying to figure out puzzles in ancient caves and stuff that type of stuff right. that i really thought they nailed and it felt just like i was watching a scene from raiders or last crusade or something like that i i, I want to know if you share in this opinion too because i said like you know i think this is the one where the mystical element of it go fantasy element maybe goes uh the furthest um but do you think that it potentially went too far do you think they could have dialed some of that back oh i see what you did there and still had the ability to um tell that story in my opinion i think they could have i think they Uh i think you're right you said they swung they went for it you know and i i think they did what they did but i think had they pulled that back i think it still could have delivered all the same elements of like you know what you know whatever that mystical element is like, oh, wow, that's real. That's that's happening. That's existing in this in our world. And Indiana Jones has yeah. stumbled upon it. And yet still, it, it doesn't need to be as crazy as it is. I mean, I I definitely they went big and maybe they could have done some things different. But knowing that they're closing this out and it was Harrison Ford's last one, I thought it was smart for them not to introduce a new um genre of villain or however you want to define that like the nazis are the villains in this and it's clearly a very good message for today because you know like there's people who are trying to be nazis again in our real world and they're trying to bring back something that was so horrible from decades and decades ago that we thought was vanquished and this movie sort of brings that back to the surface like why are nazis walking around proud and publicly in late 1960s New York and like what's going on here and it, I thought that was very interesting and I like the fact that 
you know, that what's that, you know, that was the main villains for the first indie, the third movie, and now this last indie. And I think mm-hmm. that's, uh, that, I think that was a good choice because why try to start something new when you're trying to close this thing out? And another good thing that Mangold did and the writing team, which had all the creative input from the OGs like Spielberg and Lucas and what have you, is they towed the line, in my opinion, perfectly of uh, giving nods and sort of references to the old without punching you in the face with it with a beautiful Indiana Jones punching sound effect. Uh, and mm-hmm. side note, mm-hmm. the sound effects are there. The punching sound effects are wonderful and as good as ever. So <laughs> see it in the loudest theater possible. But you know what I mean? Like there were certain moments where I'm like, oh, okay. And there was even a couple of maybe, I assume on purpose, Star Wars references I saw very lightly peppered in. Uh, I saw like um, on one of the maps a certain uh, year that pe- might be uh, important to Star Wars fans. So stuff right, like right. that. But what do you think about that in terms of any callbacks, references, that sort of thing? It didn't feel like a wink. Remember this? Well, wink. It was, I think, subtly and, and so nicely done. I think I'm a bad interpreter of that generally because I have, at least in the Star Wars world specifically, been like, Oh, I'm I'm okay with that and then other fans are not. And I'm like, that bothered you like that that one mm. thing like it, it's it you know do, It doesn't No, it usually doesn't bother me either. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm I'm not talking about you. I'm talking just like I think when people like from like I'll, I'll give a, a broad example maybe. Like when somebody says like, "Oh, Force Awakens just a remake of A New Hope." And I'm like, "I see that and but like I don't think that's that doesn't bother me or that doesn't affect me. Or I think like what you're, what you're picking up on it, I think is just like, I don't know, like just part of the story or part of the fun of it or something. And like, it's being turned into kind of something that's negative. So when those references come up and those little callbacks and obviously um, some even, you know, characters like, I mean, we know um, what's his name? Saul Saul or Saul. Yeah. Saul is in the movie. It's like, Oh, they're just doing that to have the the callback and and the, the nostalgia of it, and it's like which maybe maybe they like you know they admittedly like, did that in Last Crusade after Temple of Doom. They're like, we're bringing back all of them. We're bringing all the Marcus back. We're bringing back Sala. We're bringing all those guys back into the fold for the third one. So they've done that before. So if you like yeah. Last Crusade, you can't get mad at this movie for doing that. Um, That's what I'm saying. As I I think. In terms of before we'd even went and saw the movie, I was rewatching the old movies and I was thinking there's stuff in here that if this movie came out today, like if Temple of Doom or or Last Crusade or whatever came out today, people would criticize it for these certain things. But those are the things that make Indiana Jones what he is. And when they do those things in the movies, kind of those jokey sort of self-referential things um, I'm 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 looking at that saying, like, that's the fun of it, that you're supposed to you're supposed to laugh at that. You're supposed to enjoy this. Yeah. And, um, but I will say this though, even though I'm saying I'm not the best judge of it, I still will say if I had to guess, I don't think most people will have a, a, a hard time with it. I think what they do generally feels, um, far and in between. It's not all through the movie. It's just every once in a while you're like, got that one. Yeah. You know? And yeah. And, you know, another thing people need to remember, like just to put it in perspective, like there was a reference in Last Crusade where 
Elsa and Indy are below the library and they're going through the tomb looking for the knight's tomb and they see markings on the wall and Indy sees the Ark of the Covenant and he goes that's the Ark of the Covenant and she goes are you sure he goes I'm pretty sure and they play that quick theme of the Ark of the Covenant sort of thing from Raiders and that's that's a wink there's nothing like that in this movie bigger than that as a reference so I agree. I think it's it's a lot of things like that where you're like, you may even I know have to be, what it is. Yeah. You may even have to be a little bit of a movie archaeologist to spot things in this movie because I think they're loaded in there, but they're, they're really, an, it's an Easter egg hunt where you really got to find those nice little treasures. And if you find them, they even feel more valuable to you because they're not punching you in the face mm-hmm. with them. Um, and they make nice references to characters of the past that I don't want to spoil for anybody. Um, but overall, they did a really good job with that. And beautifully shot. You know, it's a mangled movie. So, you know, you're going to get a well-directed, well-shot movie. How would you feel about it from a visual perspective? Yeah. No, I, I I think everything about it felt like a 2023 movie that is trying to recapture what we liked about the film, the films that came out in the 80s, you know? I think they're like, oh, let's do this right. Let's let's uh, pay close attention to the way characters are framed up and the way, um, you know, the lighting is and the way, you know, the costumes are and all that. Yeah. And I, I, I felt that um, one differential thing between and maybe this is because I'm I'm not the the world's biggest Crystal Skull hater like I'm. I think I see what people don't like about it, but I'm like, okay with it. But I will say this, that there are things in crystal skull often that felt more like a comic book than a real, like a, um, a live action movie. At times I felt like they felt like they were floating through air or something, or Mm -hmm. at times I felt like that jump was a little too big or, or ridiculous. Um, and that's not to say that like, you know, Indy can't jump out of a plane, but I don't feel like he's flying. If that makes sense, you know, this, sure. this movie, I think regrounds Indiana Jones and, um, made it less, uh, over the top, I think, than Crystal Skull did in some, yeah, in and, some and areas. That's, and that's fair. And even and when it a- comes to like costuming and lighting yeah. and framing and everything like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautifully shot movie, and you're gonna get those those wild, over the top moments in an Indiana Jones movie always. But it's always a matter like, of like how they execute them. Yeah, as an example of that, like, let me jump in. I'll say that it's Kate uh, Blanchett's accent in Crystal Skull is a little over the top. Like now maybe there are people that speak like that, but it feels comic booky. Does it not like, you know, it's, yeah, it's extra villain. It's extra foreign. It, it feels yeah. like she's almost kind of exaggerating. It was a bad Russian accent or something. Yeah. That, that's what it, that's what I'm getting at. Um, and in this movie, it doesn't nothing. I don't want to say nothing, hmm. but like right after one watch, I don't feel like there was many things in there where I felt like, man, these villains are just like, I'm a big dumb villain or anything like that. I felt like I was like, that guy's big and that guy's scary, you know? Yeah, there's a chance. And like, I believe the way he handles a gun and I believe the way he handles his, you know, fist. (laughs) It was all believable. There are things that happen in this movie via the villains where you're like, this is no joke. Like, I don't know how Indy's going to, 
make it out of this one, especially right. at his age and stuff. And, you know, again, Mads Mikkelsen, like that's what makes an Indiana Jones movie so good. It's like, do you have really good villains so that Indiana Jones can conquer them and it feels like valued? And do you have a good supporting cast? Check. They're like this movie checks those boxes beautifully, both of those. Um, and then do you have the adventure? Oh, yeah. Chase scenes? Yeah. <laughs> like close calls? A lot. A lot. Um, but again, they smartly leaned on his age throughout uh, from physicality to emotion, mentality, a lot of that as, you know, we see in Indiana Jones sort of being forced into a retirement from his professor job and then gets swept up into, you know, this one final adventure. Um so my final thoughts on it, I, I got to see it again. Again, I've only seen it. We've only seen it once and it was a week ago at a pretty wild event. So I got to see it again to flush out some more thoughts on it. But my, I don't know, my overall thoughts is that it's a very, very good Indiana Jones movie. And I think people who are fans of the franchise uh, are going to have a good time with it and enjoy it. Um, what about you, James? Final overall thoughts? Um, I, I agree with that. I think that, um, you know, sometimes we talk about, uh, well, I mean, we obviously talk about Star Wars a lot. And when we talk about when fans generally talk about the prequels or something, they'll say, uh, they might be that weird uncle, but they're family. Right. I think this movie definitely cements itself in the family of five. It, it, yeah. like, I know that there are people out there that are one, two, three, but to me, there's elements of this movie that makes you go, you don't have to like four, but you got to admit there's five movies. Yeah. Come on. It's almost like five existing and that helps four exist because you need I, to get through four to yeah. get to five. Without, but, and I don't want to scare anybody without it, it being like, oh my God, they make you rewatch four. They make you rely on four. But it's like, no, they're just, <laughs> There, there are things that happen in four that like are going to help five land a little bit better. It's like, it's just not ignoring it. And I think that was important too. I would, I would have preferred they did exactly what they did than lean heavily on four or completely ignore it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I really think this is a good movie. I don't, this is not one of those situations where, you know, Aerosmith puts out a record in 2020 just because they're Aerosmith. And you're like, they're just putting out a record. Like, no one's going to put this on over Pump or Get a Grip or Toys in the Attic. They're just putting out an album. This isn't like Indiana Jones is just putting out another album sort of thing. This right. is a good movie. And I really think uh, they did as good of a job as they possibly could making a Indiana Jones movie with a 78-year-old Harrison Ford. And he holds his own and he does a great job. He acts his butt off in this. Um, the supporting cast does a great job. Just overall, I think every aspect of this movie from visual effects to story to heart, emotion, action, adventure, performances and cast, special effects. We got work to do with the de-aging. I think it's a very, very, very good movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Uh, we are very excited to hear what all of you think about this. Uh, as When the movie comes out, uh, we will also be putting out a spoiler review of the movie to talk all the fun details and sort of things we were hinting at in this review. But <laughs> yeah. we hope this helped inform you heading into the movie next week. Uh, but let us know what you think once you get a chance to see the movie. And please, if you have seen it, please refrain from putting any spoilers in the comments. We'd appreciate that very much. We probably will have to delete them anyway. Um, <laughs> but 
Thank you again to Lucasfilm for inviting us. Uh, we had a wonderful time on the red yes. carpet, uh, you, you know, seeing Harrison Ford in person and and everything that went with it, and John Williams conducting before the movie. Just amazing. So thank you to Lucasfilm for that. And we hope everyone enjoyed this review. And until next time, from us here at TRB, we'll see you around.